I could tell from the sounds my chickens were making outside that something wasn't right. And mm -hmm. when I went out in the middle of my yard was a fox with old brownie in its mouth. <gasps> oh yeah. my gosh. You're listening to the Feel Good Community Podcast. My name is Storm. And I'm Will. A few years ago, we began our journey towards learning more about sustainability, health, and wellness. The more we learned, the more we couldn't believe that this vital information wasn't mainstream knowledge. These simple yet effective ways to heal our bodies and save our planet are being drowned out by the latest pop culture noise. Together, we began to change our lifestyle to help heal our bodies, our brains, and our planet. We have become deeply passionate about sharing this knowledge, whether it's a book we're reading, interviews from leading experts, or even just personal anecdotes. We want you to know about it. And most importantly, we want you to take this knowledge and apply it to your own family and community. All that being said, welcome to the Feel Good Community Podcast. everybody welcome to the feel good community podcast our guest today is maureen breen she's the president of philadelphia backyard chickens uh, i actually met not met i've discovered maureen uh when i was doing a paper for college about reducing household food waste and uh, i found her she wrote an article for chicken whisperer magazine about reducing food waste using chickens and uh, all about how much food waste chickens can process. That's awesome. Um, so, Maureen, can you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what the Philadelphia Backyard Chickens do, like how you got involved? Um, you know, did you grow up with chickens? How did it start? Well, I didn't grow up with chickens, but I'm an avid gardener and homesteader, trying to do as much as I can to use my property productively to provide food for myself. And chickens through their eggs are pretty much the only, like a really good source of animal protein that folks can get mm -hmm. on their own property. So that's what got me interested in chickens. And then I joined this group, Philadelphia Backyard Chickens, which at the time was being managed by a local food co-op. And somehow I became the president. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know how that goes. I think I showed up at a meeting, right? That's how that happens. And right. so, and that just, I mean, then finding out that they're actually illegal in the city of Philadelphia uh, for most people, I've been working to get that law changed. And then I was pursuing a degree in public administration and was interested in policy around urban food and urban agriculture and mm -hmm. realized that the city of Austin, Texas has a program where they pay people keep backyard chickens in the hopes that people will feed their food scraps to the oh, chickens. Wow. Yeah, it's great. $75. That's so cool. mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Um, and, but they want people to feed the ch food scraps to the chickens instead of putting them into the landfill. And they had yeah. no idea if it was working or how much chickens can eat. So I took that on as a research project and I've been doing work in that area ever since. That's, That's awesome. amazing. I've, I heard 
uh, I was reading this article about this experiment in Belgium where there was this town that they they gave free chickens. I think it was like three chickens to whoever wanted it, and they ended up cutting their like the tonnage of landfill waste and by like fifty percent or something crazy like that. I've heard of those um, programs before as well. Before, I mean, not just America, but for any country that's struggling to reduce their waste, I feel like that would be such an impactful way to start. It's great. And you get eggs. <laughs> yeah, and there's that. Good eggs, too. Like, I never realized the difference between, you know, like, eggs you get from the store and, you know, free-range eggs. Um, I was actually, the first time I realized it, I was in I was in Laos for some work I was doing and the eggs that they fed us had like the super like dark orange yolks and I was like kind of like what is that why is it, why do they look so funny and you know after eating the I was there for a couple months you know eating those every day and you know man those eggs are way better than back They're much more like, flavorful and once we started researching them just incredibly higher in nutrients and protein than your basic like light yellow oak or yolk store-bought eggs my dog would agree with you (laughs) Um, my I had fed my I'd give my dog an egg once in a while from my chickens Mm -hmm. and then at the holidays I do a lot of baking so I had bought store-bought eggs because I didn't want to have enough good eggs to really use and I had some of the store eggs left and I thought, well, I'm not going to eat them. I'll feed them to the dog. Dogs eat anything. <laughs> and she turned her nose up at them. I, I kind of did some experimenting, giving her a store egg and a backyard egg. And she absolutely knew the difference. And she won't eat store-bought so eggs either. What a snob. I love that. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so you were talking about the how the laws in Philadelphia keep you from raising chickens. Well are supposed to keep you i guess um i i was re- i was looking you up on google and i saw one article describe you as a chronic lawbreaker um what uh what are like the city's reasons to say like hey you can't have a chicken in your backyard yeah uh, well and- i'm not i'm not much journalistic to call me a chronic <laughs> lawbreaker i love you- it you are allowed to have chickens at a place used for research, and the research I do is specific to homesteading. So my chickens are for research purposes. Oh, okay. I don't know why they're not allowed in Philadelphia. Most cities do allow them, and like 90, 95% of the cities in the United States, the trend is towards allowing them into more cities. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why Philadelphia hasn't gotten there yet. We're really not being very progressive in this area. We've been close. We were very close right before COVID-19 hit in our city. We were ready to have a meeting with a council person we thought might introduce the bill. But a lot has been else has been going on in the world that just has a higher priority right now. So we're op- yeah. I'm very, very optimistic that once I can talk to council people and explain to them about chickens and how many mm-hmm. other cities are doing it, we do have quite a few who have expressed support. Uh, I'm optimistic yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah, I was looking on your Instagram, and um, it seems like a lot of people are standing behind um, Philadelphia backyard chickens, and they really want to see this change within your community. They do. Yeah. I mean, 
it's time. When you look around the United States at other cities, people want to do this and they're doing it safely and they're doing it in ways that are positive for the community. So mm -hmm. we just need to figure out the way to make it fit in Philadelphia. I mean, I grew up with chickens. I We didn't personally have some, but our next door neighbors had. And we, my Nana, she lived like in the country a little bit more, but some of my best childhood memories are going into the chicken coop and, you know, picking, like picking the eggs. And, and I feel like it's so important to have that connection with your food. And I, I really enjoyed being able to like see the chickens and everything like that when I was younger. And I really want that for our girls. So do I. <laughs> yeah. So do you, I mean, with as bad as COVID has been in so many ways, do you think that it kind of boosts your cause of, you know, people are realizing about, you know, where your food comes from, how, how disjointed the food supply pro like the whole food supply chain is um, that, you know, saying, Hey, with this, you can get a source of protein from your backyard and mm -hmm. it's efficient and it's clean and you know where it comes from. So do you I think, think how do you, how do you yeah. think COVID has affected the, the, yes, I think it's support? absolutely, it's absolutely boosted the support and it's also boosted the realization that people have, as you said, about what's going on with their food. There was a time in the United States when they ran out of baby chicks because so many people now were getting baby chicks which I thought was fantastic. But when you get the baby chick, you're four months, five, six months away from getting the egg. Yeah. So, it, yeah, but I still think it was a good idea. And actually at the beginning of COVID-19, our, our group, Philadelphia Backyard Chickens, mobilized and offered eggs to anybody around the city who might need them. I reached out to council people's offices. I said, if you hear of a place where there's a need, please let us know because there's at least 10,000 chickens in the city of Philadelphia from my estimates. Oh, wow. And the, and they're it's all over the city. It's a lot of eggs. It's a lot, a lot of eggs. eggs. Right, a lot of eggs happening here in the city. And honestly, those of us who have chickens, we usually get more eggs than we need. I stock right. up for the winter time, but other people give them away. But we stepped up and said we'd be more than happy to provide eggs to anybody who would need them. And there were a few folks who asked for a dozen eggs, and I got somebody in the neighborhood who could give them some eggs. That's awesome. I think. I mean, COVID has been terrible in so many different ways, but the sense of community that I have seen has been astounding. People have been pull, like, you know, pulling together. They've been making things work. You know, I have friends in Seattle that had to drive three, four hours to go get food and toilet paper when the pandemic hit. And you really see how people are standing up for each other, helping each other out and I feel like the sense of community has only strengthened this year. And I've been seeing that in a lot of um, agriculture groups. Yeah, I think the pressure from COVID-19 has made us re-examine our lives and think about how we can do things better. Absolutely. So you said there's about 10,000 chickens in Philadelphia. What uh, what's like the average egg production for a chicken, and like how many chickens do you have, and how many eggs do you typically see? So the average egg production is that a chicken will lay about an egg a day, six a week. Um, as they age, they lay fewer eggs, and they also need and they need sunshine or light. They need light in order to lay their eggs. So as the days get shorter, 
they become less productive. And as they're older and the days are shorter, they'll actually stop laying altogether. You can turn a light bulb on at the coop. They don't really need sunshine. They just need light. And yeah. some people will do that. They'll put some, they'll put lights at the coop so that they have more light during the day. And then they continue laying their eggs. You know, our commercial chickens are kept lit up all the time. So they're constantly producing eggs that don't taste that good. Yeah. So, so some backyard folks will do some amount of lighting. They may let them rest a little bit and then turn lighting on for them. But if, if you, you can basically get an egg a day out of a chicken and they'll produce at that level till they're about 18 months old. So about the first year of their laying after which they start to taper off a little bit. And by the time a chicken is five years old, there's a good chance she won't be laying eggs anymore. Yeah. I have five yeah. chickens and two of one of them is definitely not laying eggs anymore, but I like her. Her name's old Brownie and she's just a nice chicken. Oh. And yeah. And then I have two other chickens who are starting to taper off. They're about five years old. And I've got two younger chickens, and one of them is still giving me an egg about every two or three days—a nice big egg. Nice. So, how much how much space do do chickens need? So, like, if someone wants to have like you know five chickens in their backyard, how much space do you think they would need for that? For a chicken to be comfortable, they should have a square yard of outdoor space, a three by three. And they can share that space a little bit. So if you think three chickens would take three square yards, if they're not a large breed, you could probably get four chickens in there because they can cross it and move around. But mm -hmm. generally they would need about a yard of square, of one yard of a square yard of space for each chicken. Inside the coop, they should have at least a square foot per chicken or, or maybe two square feet. And it somewhat depends on how much time they're going to be in their coop versus in their, their run area, the run area being the open area, yeah. and how much maybe they can even free range. I have a good yard for chickens to free range in. It's fenced in, has a lot of protective area. So their coop and the run are a little bit towards smaller because they're not in there that much. They're not penned up as much. You can get by, So I would say you can get by on a square yard per chicken outside, two square feet per chicken inside their coop. That's wow, awesome. that's a... I, I I expected them to take way more space yeah, than that. That seems small. No, um, that, that's fine. Yeah. So that you you mentioned free range. How much? So I assume that if they have just that square yard, uh, that is with you know you feeding them, um, you know your kitchen scraps and stuff like that. But not. How much space do you think they would do your like? So for your chickens, do they stay? When they do their free range, can their diet consist completely of the stuff they find in your yard, or do they still need to be supplemented? It would depend on the time of the year as to whether they could survive entirely on what's in my yard. They eat the bugs and they eat the grass and the weeds and seeds that they find. So in the summertime, that stuff is more plentiful. Right mm -hmm. now, there's not as much of that stuff around. My chickens, they always have layer feed available to them, and layer feed is the healthiest thing. It's balanced. If your chickens always ate a diet of layer feed, they would be fine. If they go out into the yard, they can get more proteins. They can eat you know, the bugs. They can eat the grasses. They can eat flowers and different things like that and kind of pick what their diet's going to be. And as to food scraps, I give my chickens everything that comes out of my kitchen that they could possibly eat. I follow a vegetarian diet, so I don't offer them any oh, meat. So that's very easy for them. Mm -hmm. That's good. And I think, you know, with what – and I let them balance it. Some people – are sort of optimizing the chicken's diets a little mm -hmm. bit more, but 
the layer feed, the backyard, and the kitchen scraps. I think they figure out what they need amongst all that. I think between the size and what they can eat, I feel like backyard chickens are accessible to, I mean, basically anybody. Like, you don't have to have acreage. You don't have to have a huge backyard in order to have backyard chickens. So that's, I feel like that's really good news for our listeners that want to, but have been kind of unsure about whether or not they have the land to do it. So that's really, that's really good to hear. I hear from a lot of people who will say, I only have a small yard. And I tell them Mm -hmm. chickens only need a small yard. Yeah. Um, How many types of chickens do you have? I have two breeds. Old Brownie is what we call an Easter egger. She has a breed in her called Aracuna. And when Mm -hmm. she did lay eggs, they they were a pretty blue egg, a blue-shelled egg. I've been looking at eggs so much the past few days. I just love all the colors. I think they're so pretty. They're gorgeous, aren't they? I've been enjoying egg art. (laughs) And even those Easter eggers, they have a range from kind of light blue to dark turquoise in terms of what they'll lay. So that's that's what old brownie is. My other four girls are a breed called a black star. They're a cross between two breeds, and the male chicks hatch white and the female chicks hatch black. So it's real easy to figure out the beginning if you've got a rooster or a hen. And I like that about them. The four, I have four black stars and then the good old Easter egger. So if you wanted to grow your flock, would you, would you bring a rooster in? Or do you think that you would just go buy chicks? I would go buy chicks. I would not bring a rooster in. Roosters are beautiful, but they are very aggressive. And they're yes, really, they yes, and they're yes, really, they really are. noisy. I know. People don't realize that. They're the protectors. I've been attacked by a rooster before. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. They are so mean. Like, I literally been chased. I remember, like, being, like, six years old, and I was literally chased up a tree by this mean, like, the meanest rooster in the world. And I was, like, holding onto the tree, like, yelling for help because this rooster had just attacked me and would not let me go. They can do that um, because they're protecting the flock. That's their role. Mm -hmm. So they're great for that. They'll give their lives to protect their hens. They would try to fight off the fox. So they're very noble, but they're not appropriate for an urban backyard flock. So when I want more chickens, I buy either I buy chicks or I buy what are called pullets, which are kind of teenage chickens, and I get them in the mail. What? In the mail? Mm-hmm. How's that work? The last chickens I bought were two Black Star pullets, and I ordered them from an online hatchery. And you give your phone number, and they tell you they're being mailed overnight. And then when they come into the post office, the post office calls, and they told me, we've got your chickens. And I got the call late one afternoon. The next morning I went over. They were in a cardboard box about, I don't know, two feet long, one foot wide, two feet deep. And I just said, I'm here for my chickens. And they gave me the chickens and said, oh, they just woke up. And I took them home. <laughs> and that's the way it works. Maybe chicks are mailed all the time. Right now. That's so crazy. I did not know that you can mail chickens. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's incredible. It was expensive. <laughs> it was pretty. Oh, I bet. Uh, so talking about roosters and like, how does the, does the rooster affect the hen's egg production? If there is a rooster present, I've seen... 
some people talk about how you know they keep a rooster around, but they make sure they're completely separated and they I've, never get contact I've seen that with that before, yeah. Will, uh, you're really trying to defend that rooster, aren't you? I, I'm just I curious am anti-rooster. <laughs> I'm just curious how the rooster affects the hen's egg production. Um, he really doesn't affect. Some some people believe that he does, uh, because the hens feel more mate or mating oriented. Perhaps um, if a rooster's around, I don't believe that chickens necessarily are that deep or sentimental. Oh, right. um, and I'm, I'm not aware of any really scientific study that says the presence of the rooster increases egg production. Roosters are very amorous fellas. They, they love their flock. They'll oh. protect it. And, they, and they, they love their flock. And they can actually be very hurtful to a hen sometimes if they're particularly fond of her. Oh. Some people have to put little leather aprons on the backs of their hens to protect them from the rooster's affections. Oh. Okay, so no <laughs> roosters in your backyard. No. Like. I'm not uh, mad about that. Uh, so can you get a solo chicken? Like, can you say, like, oh, I, I'm not sure how much space I have. I just want to start with one. Or are they like more social animals? They're really social. They're a flock animal. They want to be in a flock. They want to have a pecking order. They want to have somebody at the top and they keep the one at the bottom in line. Hopefully they're not too cruel about that. So their instinctual preference is to live in a flock. However, I do know several people around Philadelphia. We just had it happen to somebody else where a chicken wanders into their yard and they take it in and take care of it, and it does just fine. There's a wonderful story about a woman in Philadelphia who wanted chickens. I know, I know this woman. She wanted chickens. Her husband did not want her to get chickens. She loved him dearly and didn't get chickens. Her husband passed away, and she was heartbroken. And on the six-month anniversary of his passing, a chicken walked into her yard. Aww. And really lifted her spirits and you know took her out of her depression she's now raising chickens and she's become involved in this and uh, we believe that the husband finally sent her the chicken yeah it is really that's one of my favorite chicken stories uh, because it really it really helped her she got involved she got involved in our group um and it was just it was really a really positive thing for her to have a chicken. Yeah, it sounds like it turned her whole her whole life around after that. And I, I think her husband may have had a regret, and I think he sent one a few months after he left. <laughs> He's like, all right, my bad. You need a you need a perk up. Mm -hmm. So so if someone just has their backyard and they're wanting to get into chickens and they need to build their chicken coop for the first time, what does that kind of look like and how much money do you think uh, someone sh would spend on a chicken for like uh, a chicken coop for like three chickens did you build it yourself or did you buy a chicken coop i was able to build my chicken coop i have a friend who works with scientific equipment and he had a very large box i would guess six feet deep four feet high four feet wide and he was able to retrofit that to be a chicken coop 
So I paid for paint and some wood and some nails and got a chicken coop, but I was fortunate to have access to that. What people's chicken coop looks like is very variable. Some people are lucky to find an old box like I did and be able mm -hmm. to revamp it. People have taken children's playhouses and <sighs> converted them. So it, there's really there's no cost. People take pallets, pallet wood, and mm. convert that. And then people go to the other far extreme and have a carpenter build one with you know, a galvanized tin roof. I'm and... not going to lie. That would be me. <laughs> I'm like, I want a really cute chicken coop. It's going to be decorated. All right. People decorate them. Right. All you can. So it goes, goes the full range. A few years ago at Christmas time, Neiman Marcus, a department store, mm -hmm. um, had a custom-made chicken coop that they were they sold for a hundred thousand dollars. What? Oh my! Could mm -hmm. you? How many chickens? Is that like a five thousand chicken chicken coop no, or what? That probably would have held about twenty chickens, maybe. But it was very fancy, and it had furniture and artwork and chandeliers, all of which the chickens would have <laughs> dusted up and you know done what they do, and it'd be quite a, a so, mess to clean. But I guess if you can afford a chicken coop like that. So, so you're going that far storm. It, I guess it hurts to know that there are chickens out there that are living a better life than me. Yeah. So oh. really what, what it costs to get into it in terms of setting up your equipment is really dependent on what other resources you can bring to bear. Some people, there's all kinds of kits available online. Some of them are good and some of them aren't. So I would think if you're going to buy a kit online, you're probably going to spend at least $500 to get something that's reasonably well made. Yeah. But it sounds like you can source a lot of the wood on your own. I mean, from what I feel like from what I've gathered from this whole conversation is you don't need a lot of space and you really don't need a lot of money to start. Um, about how much, how much have you paid for your chickens? The last two chickens that I ordered, because I ordered the pullets that I had shipped, mm -hmm. I spent $150 for two chickens. That was a big expense. Yeah. <laughs> Most people can buy, you can buy baby chicks. There's a local store right now that's starting to offer them for next spring, and they're $6 a piece. There's other yeah. stores, you kind of wait till the end of chick season, and they'll, they'll almost give them to you or give them to you for a dollar each to try to get them out of the store. So buying the... If you want to buy the baby chicks, that mm -hmm. can be done very inexpensively. But they're babies. And oh yeah. I remember <laughs> Tractor Supply Co. has like do you guys have Tractor Supply Co. Yes. around there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I remember like those big like galvanized like buckets basically and they just have all the chicks in there. And I remember when I was a little I'd like go in there and I would beg, beg for chickens. They're like, our neighbors have them. You don't need chickens. <laughs> but they are so cute, aren't they, when they're little? They really are. And too, you know, like a six or seven-year-old, you're just smitten. <laughs> right. So, but so but as, if you get... I'll go ahead, Storm. Or Will, sorry. Uh, sorry, I, I was just going to ask. Uh, I think you were going there. But since they are babies, what's the, the care look like once you do bring a chick home? The greatest concern when they're babies is that they have heat because mm -hmm. they would like to be sitting under their mother hen. So in the first week of life, they need to be kept at 95 degrees, which is going to require that you have a heat lamp, a heat light bulb 
that you can put on them. So they really need to be kept warm. They also, you also need to make sure that all the baby chicks are gaining access to the food and water because they're babies and they're growing. Yeah. So they need to eat constantly and get the water constantly so that, that they can thrive. If one starts to fall behind, it can rapidly deteriorate. Oh, yeah. So, so you what? do need to watch the temperature and the access to food and water. So do you keep them, like, would somebody keep them maybe separately from older chickens just so that they don't have to fight for food or water? Absolutely. They also eat okay. different food. Everything about them is baby version. So they have a smaller hmm. feeder, a smaller waterer. They eat different food than the adult chickens eat. And the chickens aren't the nicest animals. <laughs> Even the hens are not that nice. It would be oh, wow. dangerous, actually. To could be very dangerous to put baby chicks in with older hens. They might they might attack them. So oh, if you're wow. gonna have yeah if you're gonna have baby chicks, then you've got to have a place that's away from your other chickens. Plus ninety five mm -hmm. degrees that's hot. They need to be able to stay that yeah at that temperature yeah all the time or get to that temperature if that's what they want. And most people will use a basement or a garage or a large bathroom or kind of a mud room if they have that available. And you need to be able to keep them away from your household pets just because yeah. they're, they're so delicate. Their legs are about as thick as a toothpick when they first hatch. Oh, wow. And just Little. the curiosity of a dog or a cat interacting with them could kill them. Yeah. Oh, definitely. How does, uh, how does that happen in nature? How does, like, in nature, how do they maintain 95 degrees? Can, like, the, the hens keep their chicks that warm yes mm -hmm. wow. the mother hen they sit under the mother hen and that's how they would stay that warm in nature oh wow um so you were talking a, a little bit ago about how you feed your kitchen scraps to the your hens whenever possible what kind of kitchen scraps can they eat versus what can they not eat they can pretty much eat all the things that we can eat. I don't give them processed foods. I wouldn't give them mm -hmm. chocolate. And yeah. they, can, they can't eat avocados. And beans have to be cooked for them, as they do for us. And potato skins are bad for them. But other than that, everything potato we skins? eat, they, they love... What's that? Potato Pot skins? Yeah, potato skins are not good for them. And avocados are not good for them. But oh. they eat... And they eat a lot of the parts of the food that we may not eat. Like you get down to a stalk of celery at the bottom, it's just not pleasant to us. They'll eat that. Yeah. They'll eat, um, at, you know, lettuce, the core of it that might not be as good if you have a head lettuce. They'll eat that kind of thing. They'll eat bacon fat. They eat shrimp shells. So oh. they'll eat all the things we eat, plus they eat some of what we would consider waste in a food product. They, they love tomatoes. That's good for the environment. That's really cool. I didn't. I guess I never really thought about a chicken eating shrimp shells. Oh, at the holidays when I go to parties, I always bring baggies and take all the shrimp shells. They love shells. <laughs> you have little chicken bags for them. They eat eggshells. They'll eat their eggshells. Yeah, I was I was reading that if they're not satisfied with their diet, a hen will actually eat her own eggs. Sometimes they do. That's a little crazy to me <laughs> <laughs> i'm like oh that's really hardcore 
And just like Will and my dog, once they realize how good those eggs taste, that can be a very difficult habit to break. <laughs> oh my! Oh wow! That's that's I don't. It's pretty I, dark. Yeah, I don't like. That. <laughs> I'm like I don't know the word for that, but yeah, that's uh, that's dark. Uh, so your organization, Philadelphia Backyard Chickens, you mentioned that you know you're lobbying uh, for you know the zoning requirements to change. And um, offering people, you know, free eggs during COVID. What uh, what else does your organization do? We provide a lot of information to each other. I try to get all the chicken owners in Philadelphia onto our Facebook page because when people get chickens, they have a lot of questions. And the nice thing about our mm-hmm. group is that we're Philadelphia local. So if it's snowing, it's snowing on all of us. And when people have questions about what do you do about the snow, People can show you, here's my coop, and here's what I'm doing right now. Sometimes people will post, hey, I'm going out to Tractor Supply Co. Does anybody need anything? Or Tractor Supply Co.'s chicks are on sale right now. Go out and get them. We have another local garden store, Primex, who's been very supportive of us, and they run classes. So we put that up. Hey, there's local class happening right now. So we really provide each other with local support and information. Mm -hmm. We're also recently connected with people who make beer home brewers in the Philadelphia area, because when they make their home brew beer, they boil up all this grainy stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what they really do with it, but then they're done with the grains and chickens love that stuff. It's called beer mash or spent grain. So we've got a couple of the beer makers on our Facebook page. I know one has chickens. I don't think they all do. And if they're brewing, they're like, Hey, I'm brewing in, um, you know, Ali who's nearby that wants some of this spent grain, it'll be on the porch and you can take it. And we're then that so way. Awesome. Mm-hmm, so we're helping the beer makers keep their grain out of the landfill by feeding mm-hmm. it to our chickens. And it's micro local. We're really connecting neighbors right up with neighbors. Yeah. That's awesome to build a sense of community like that. It's super important. To and us. I mean, if you can tell by our, by the name of our podcast, I like, that's what we want to see more of. We really want, we really want to, see and bring people together and i think i would have never i would i would have never paired up like a beer maker and a, you know, someone with chickens i wouldn't have really made that connection so that's awesome that there's guys... actually a problem we all love these micro breweries but they're generating all this waste material mm-hmm. and it's a problem like what are we going to do with this and it's organic you know carbon-based organic so it's going to decay. Yeah. And, so and release be... carbon. So mm-hmm. that, yeah, that's so cool. Maybe we can feed it to chickens. Yeah, um, so what I don't understand is why people have a problem with keeping chickens. What are some opponents? Like, does anybody ever argue with you guys about having chickens? Like, what's the other side What's the other side's base for keeping chickens out of cities? When I go out to, used to go out to uh, events, you know, gardening events and kids events and stuff, there was, there was always one person. It was only one, but there was always one person. There's always one. (laughs) There's always one um, who would disagree. And a lot of it has to do with not understanding. The fundamental problem is they don't understand the difference between a hen and a rooster. And yeah. my hens make less noise than the dogs in the neighborhood make. My hens do not chase anybody. 
I was talking to Will about that. I was like, you know, because we were kind of trying to figure out, like, why wouldn't people want, not roosters, why wouldn't people want hens or, um, you know, chickens? And he's like, well, maybe it's the smell. I'm like, well, dogs smell. Like, dogs can be aggressive. You know, why? Because <laughs> we've gotten away from it. We've, we've moved away from understanding what food is, and we've moved away from the self-sufficiency mm-hmm. that got this country through World War II. Um, oh, yeah. So I think a lot of it is not understanding the difference between a hen and a rooster. That's a big part of it. And then people will say things, they're, you know, they smell. They don't. <laughs> um, if I don't clean up after them, yes, it's going to start to smell. But, but that's true. As you said, that's true of a dog, too. Mm-hmm. And not only that, when I clean my chicken coop, a neighbor next door who gardens comes over and says, can I have some of this stuff? Oh, absolutely. So now we have this like secret thing going on. When I clean the coop, I put it in the wheelbarrow. I roll it down to the end of the driveway, kind of over to his side. He takes it when he can. He brings back the empty wheelbarrow. So he knows it's good stuff that's in there. He's never asked me for the little baggie I bring home after I walk the dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A meat-eating mammal doesn't produce the same thing as what a bird does. But mm-hmm. he definitely wants the stuff that comes out of my chicken coop. That's that's amazing. So you said that you you're working with you know trying to get a homestead and be self sufficient. What are some other things you do besides backyard chickens? Well, I have a huge vegetable garden that I grow you know a lot of food in, and then I can a lot of that food or freeze a lot of that food. I have cold frames along the side of my house where I'm growing winter greens here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, get by. Okay. What's, so you said a cold frame? Yeah, that's um, a bo- it's just a wooden box, really, that has a plastic cover on the top, so it oh, stays okay. warmer than yeah. putting things in the ground, and I can grow greens. I have beets in there right now. There's some greens and some root vegetables. That's awesome. Um, yeah, we, we are really looking forward to being able to grow more right now. We live in the middle of Okinawa city and we have, I'm growing garlic. That's great. We have rosemary, but a couple strawberries. Oh, yeah. It's really windy this time of year. This is, um, typhoon season. And so our, our outdoor plants have been taking a beating lately, but we're, we're really looking forward to being able to settle down and having our own garden and having a couple cows and chickens, of course. So everything that you've been telling us, we're kind of tucking it away for future use. Cows are awesome, um, but they're going to take more space. Yeah. And then to process the milk that comes from them is going to be more involved. Chickens are really great, simple animals to have in the backyard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're trying to kind of plan our own like future homestead. Yeah, uh, great. we still have about twelve years till I retire. So we have um, plenty of time. <laughs> but yeah, we're talking about like chickens is like number one, and you know we're thinking compost. We want a large, like a larger composting system. Yeah, and uh, maybe like getting you know goats to you know keep our grass low, and you know. Chickens, I think, are definitely going to be a, a good starting point I think point that would us. probably be, like, the perfect starting 
Chickens really help with your composting as well because at times, I, the fall and the spring, I let my chickens go into my garden. Usually I have it fenced off because they'll eat everything. But mm -hmm. in the spring and fall, I let them go in there and I let them go in the compost bins and they scratch around at it and they really break down the material and they spread it around a little bit. But their scratching really breaks down the material that's in the compost bin so that it decays faster. I've never, I never thought about that. That's really cool. So even though old Brownie can't give me eggs, she's still helping me with the compost bin. Oh, she's a member of the family. So. She is. <laughs> Are they affectionate at all? I've, I've kind of read a little bit about that. They can be affectionate. Do you, do yours like come up to you for love or? Well, I don't know if I'd call it love. Um, <laughs> they come, when I come out the back door, it's near their coop. They will come running over, but I think that's for treats. For food, if, yeah. If you get your chickens as little baby chicks mm -hmm. and you interact with them a little bit more and try to hand feed them and acclimate them to you, then yes, when they're adults, they will be much friendlier towards people. Unfortunately, what you're doing when you acclimate them to you that way, though, is you're kind of undoing their instincts for self-preservation. Okay. So they would also be less spooked by a hawk or less quick to run from a predator. So it's kind of a trade-off. If you acclimate them to you, then you have to be a little bit more careful with them because they're you're undoing some of their instincts. And if you don't acclimate them as chicks, it's really hard to acclimate them later on. Um, you were just talking about hawks. Have you ever, do you have to protect your chickens from hawks or do you, or because you live in the city, maybe it's not as bad? I absolutely have to protect my chickens from okay. lots of things. I did have a hawk attack several years ago in my yard and the chickens amazingly, I don't think anyone gave them lessons in hawk shadows, but when that shadow comes over, they know it's a hawk and they go running oh, wow. for cover. So my yard has a giant fig tree they can get under and I keep my garage door open so they can get in there. I have kind of a gazebo area they can get into. So there's a lot of rose bushes they could get under. So if they're attentive, which they usually are, they can mm -hmm. run from that right away. So the, the hawk did not get to my chickens, uh, but I did see it go overhead and the, they ran. And they have, I have foxes nearby, even though I'm oh. in really the heart of Philadelphia, we have fox nearby. And about three months ago, I could tell from the sounds my chickens were making outside that something wasn't right. And when mm -hmm. I went out in the middle of my yard was a fox with old brownie in its mouth. <gasps> oh yeah. my gosh. And when I went out, it dropped old brownie and it went to the back of my yard and the fox was sitting there looking at me because clearly I had interfered with its dinner. And yeah. old brownie was, she looked pretty bad. She had a significant puncture wound and I brought her in the house and just let her sit in the basket for a couple of days, gave her some extra protein and she recovered. Oh my gosh. So there's definitely, and even the neighborhood dogs that are, you know, that's not too bad here, but if dogs came into the yard, they would, mm -hmm. they might go after the chickens. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I would have not have thought about foxes being in the middle of a city, but I mean, I guess as we encroach upon their territory, they're going to make it work. Mm-hmm. Have you have you ever heard of a dude named uh, Joel Salatin? 
Oh, absolutely. Of course. I Don't was, we all know him? <laughs> I was listening to a uh, interview with him and he was talking about how he protects his hawks. And he, I think he, he was mentioning like he uses like the bottoms of soda cans attached to traffic cones and like the way the sun bounces off of them uh, messes with Hawk's visions to protect his chickens. Mm-hmm. Is, is People pretty, hang up CDs cool. too. Like oh, old CDs. Yeah. Cause it, yeah. Anything that can interfere with light. That's so cool. Um, so how can people find, uh, find your organization and support you and how can, how can the people listening that want to help, how can they help? We are on Facebook. That's primarily how we're organized. So we're a Facebook group called Philadelphia Backyard Chickens. We have a group you join and then we have a more public page. There's two pages out there. So you can definitely do that every once in a while. We say, hey folks, have you signed our petition? Because we have a petition on change.org, which again, if you search for Philadelphia Backyard Chickens on change.org, you can sign our petition. And we sell t-shirts. If you, we have a pretty cool logo for our t-shirts if you ever want to. I saw those. I was like, I think I need to snag me a, a backyard chicken tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we somebody, an artist took for us the love um, statue here in Philadelphia and mm-hmm. put some chickens around it and put an egg there. So I like that because I feel it reflects Philadelphia and it reflects us. That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much for, you know, joining us and dealing with all the technical difficulties, but um, I'm glad we, I'm glad we made it happen. Feeling social? Follow us at the Feel Good Community Podcast on Instagram for daily inspiration, our blog, and behind the scenes footage. Join the Feel Good Community Podcast on Facebook, where you can read interesting articles, ask us questions, and share progress of your own journey.